0: Welcome to the Kingstonist Podcast, a daily look at news, sports, and all things Kingston. Brought to you by Taylor Audubon. Great news, folks! Due to overwhelming demand, Truck Month has been extended at Taylor Auto Mall. With 0% financing available on all new 2019 Chev Silverado and GMC Sierra, as well as SUVs such as Tahoe, Yukon, Buick Encore, Envision and Enclave, and GMC Acadia, now is the time to come in and check out our incredible selection. And always remember, whether you live 15, 30 or 45 minutes away, at Taylor Auto Mall, we will not be undersold by anybody. On any maker model, I guarantee it. And welcome to fifteen minutes with, uh, brought to you by the Taylor mall And please be welcome by my friend Holly Stewart. Welcome. Uh, Thanks. That's uh, it's been a while since we've seen each
1: other. It's been a while since yeah. we gabbed. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I get to watch you on your various ventures and stuff, at football games and hockey games and things. But we haven't actually talked for a <laughs> no, long time. It's been a while.
0: Mm-hmm. So Holly's in. Uh, you're with the Kingston Choral Society. I am. And uh, your husband Ian has uh, basically commissioned mm-hmm. a. a I don't know how to call it. Like a concert that's coming up, ca- called uh, it, it's a it's altogether different. But the concert, the, the main piece, uh, and I want to thank Marie McKinnon for the translation. Mm. Uh, Real kei nu yuni. Yeah.
1: Yes. You Which is uh,
0: yep. uh, the truth. The Sorry. truth unites us.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a kind of literal translation. Uh, I think I think Marianne, if she's speaking in English, refers to it as uh, interwoven experiences or something. We just got an actual sort of more poetic translation last week, um, for us to send out to the choir because, uh, direct, direct French English or whatever kind of translations often mm-hmm. come out across as a little Absolutely. cold in the poetry of the language mm-hmm. isn't quite. So she had an English friend of hers who's also a poet, take her original text and, and create an English translation that has a more of an, um, not quite as literal, a bit more of an emotive thing. Although it's the same kind of thing. She's talking, the piece is talking about how, um, uh technology and the world and the distance between us is growing as a result of of technology so uh instead of we have to, the, the there's a risk of the things that uh bind us our personal relationships and the world and the air between us being disrupted by Uh, social networks and social media and the internet and that kind of stuff. And
0: you're speaking of Marianne uh, Trudell, Trudell. Mm -hmm. who's a composer from Montreal. Yes, yes.
1: So um, Ian has been, just a bit of a backstory, Ian has been trying to find a way to create an opportunity for our choir, which is a very traditional choral um, mixed voice choir, uh, to work with my brother uh, on his saxophone. Jonathan um, has played in so many different kinds of genre of music, um, mostly jazz and rock. Yes. uh, but he's a creative soul, for sure. And he has a very um, p- plaintive and poetic sensibility as a musician, which Ian's always really loved and wanted to explore. And the the kind of um, interesting uh, similarity between a saxophone sound, the timbre of a saxophone, and the human voice is something that Ian's always found really interesting. So for a long time now, he's been trying to figure out how we could make these two kind of disparate, but also connected musical genres come together. And so he just approached Jonathan two years ago, I guess, and said, look, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And Jonathan is up for anything musically. (laughs) So he said, absolutely. And then they talked about repertoire. So there's lots of pieces on the program um, which, which... Uh, combine sort of basic choral stuff, like old-fashioned British choral tradition, like uh, a piece by Bob Chilcott, who's a well-known composer, British composer, if you know anything about British choral music, which Jonathan will add his sound to. Um, And there's a few pieces by newer composers, which Jonathan will also play. So we're not singing scat or anything kind of goofy like that.
0: But it's it's sort of a mix of jazz and choral. Yeah. So is it a is it a fusion or is it a collision
1: it's uh, <laughs> well you know. interestingly it's definitely a fusion and mo- for the most part it's it's taking um the the kind of spontaneous um uh, uh un unfixed notion of what happens when jazz musicians play together and then written down choral uh just never changing, heavily rehearsed choral tradition. Uh, So the stuff that we're playing is on the page and exists on the page and just gets better every time we sing it, but doesn't change fundamentally. And then Jonathan will come and lay something. Every time he plays with us, it sounds different. So it's taking all of that... That's that, you know, Jonathan's impulses and and his reaction to the moment uh, feeds d- feeds him differently. And then the result is, is different stuff. But it's not like we're not trying to change our choir sound to sound more like a jazz. We don't sound like Manhattan Transfer. Okay. We do it. Yeah. No, not, that's not. Ian has been very specifically never trying to do that. What he's done is take traditional choral four part harmonies and choir sounds and then just laid some jazz stuff on top. Now, Marianne's piece is quite different. She's composed for symphony orchestras, for small ensembles, trios, duos, um, all kinds of stuff, but never for the human voice. And she really jumped. And Marianne is a a longtime collaborator of Jonathan's. She's from Quebec as well. Uh, I mean, they met at McGill. And then they've collaborated on several of her albums. They've toured Europe. They've been working together for a long time. And she's one of my most favorite musicians. There's an ebullience to her stuff. Her her, mel- her sense of melodic line is so profoundly beautiful. And she seemed like our first best choice. And we were very glad that she said yes, even though she's never written four voices and does she have a choral background? No. Wow. She has a classical training, but back- okay. background. so she and she's very interested in choral music, but she's never been because she's a pianist. She's composed for piano and and then let other musicians join her. And, and so she, uh, she said, yes, for sure. She took stuff away. She, we didn't get the music from her until January. And uh, so it start. it's, oh gosh, it's so interesting. Um, she get, sent us text, which we're going to speak chorally mm-hmm. to begin with as, as a, like a choral reading, kind of dramatic. And it's the, it's the poem in French. And then, then the piece begins, and it starts with Jonathan, and then the and then Marianne joins in, and then the choir joins in, and there are times when we're all playing and singing together, and then there are and it's all very uh, organized and predict not predictable because it's such an unusual melody, but then there are times when the choir is singing something that is at a completely different tempo with a completely different feeling and a completely different mindset than what Jonathan and Marianne are playing, which is fractious and stressed. And so it is at that point a collision, a very intentional and hopefully controlled collision (laughs) because it's what she's talking about. She's talking about things being pulled apart and things happening simultaneously, but not together. So, mm.
0: so you have about, you have a hundred, about a hundred voices uh, and and looking at your, uh, some of your YouTube clips, which, you Know a lot of them are about Mozart, yeah, uh, Requiem for Mozart, and yeah, so jazz is not mentioned. No, um, how have they, uh, have they embraced this project?
1: Well, uh, you know, because the
0: demographic were, is a little older, it is in, absolutely, with your yeah, choir.
1: we ha- yes, and we've been, we are sort of known in Kingston as the, um, so as a more symphonic choir so to doing traditional stuff for sure and not everybody not everybody loves jazz the way i mm-hmm. do right or the way ian does or jonathan a lot of people think of jazz as being just too dissonant to be pleasant it gives them stress so there was a bit of skepticism fortunately most of the people in the choir would follow me in if he walked off the end of the <laughs> yes, earth yes. so <laughs> they said if you want us to we'll do it and there's other stuff on the program that they felt very safe with and would, would sing until until the end of the days because it's pieces by a, a, a younger composer named Oli Yalo who we've performed before and who makes everybody happy and Bob Chilcott who everybody knows and, and makes everybody feel safe and, and comfortable and the music is fun and accessible and all that stuff. So one bit of, of music on the program that's a little bit less accessible and more of a challenge and newer to them. Everybody has embraced as as a pretty thrilling opportunity to become a better choir. And our audiences are mm-hmm. in for such a treat. It's going to be.
0: Well, when I think of a, a choir mm-hmm. um, and notes in, in a choir are predictable, mm-hmm. it's not, not predictable, but they seem to make sense. Sometimes in jazz notes, yeah, that's bounce exactly all right. over the place. So has, this must've been a, a huge learning curve Absolutely. For, the, for your choir.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, If if you don't read music really well, and a lot of our choristers are are really really good musicians, but like I'm I'm an I'm an intuitive singer, but even after having worked sung in a choir for years, I'm not the world's best music reader. So I can't look at notes on a page and gauge exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, some of the greatest musicians the world yes, exactly, and
1: that's I'll uh, hang my head on that (laughs) for sure. So so and some of these melodic lines are extremely unpredictable. So so um, listening and working like a mad thing in between rehearsals becomes becomes the only way to learn it because I can't I can't read it I can't guess there's nothing mm-hmm. logical about it and I can't read it as well as so it's it has been challenging and even when there are times when we're singing chord progressions and it's full on like dissonant jazz chords where we have two different key changes happening simultaneously and stuff. So it's, you have to memorize the sound. You have to have, sing it with confidence, knowing that that I've worked hard enough and that yes, this crunch is supposed to be happening here. And you know, for me, the crunch is exciting. That, that those really tight chords is exciting, especially when it goes through a really crunchy phase. Crunch is, I don't know, it's not really a word, but when it gets really tight and then Mm -hmm. it comes out and, and then the logic is, becomes obvious. I find it quite, Delicious. I love it. I love it to death. And some of our choir members are real jazz fans and they would sing jazz all the time if they had the chance. And for some of them, this is a brand new thing and they do extended works. They do... You know the the Mozart Requiem, do Messiah, they do all those things, and this is brand new.
0: Well, I I was watching one of the clips, and and the conductor was saying, you know, there was a a Mozart Requiem, and he was saying this is going to be very complicated, and and this it looked like it was the like their first read through, and they picked it up right away. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. Um, So so these
0: are people that know Mozart. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And Mozart has, I mean, the Mozart Requiem in particular, I think it's it was the first thing, the first extended work, choral serious work I sang ever, because I'd been singing other. Kinds of music up until four years ago when I joined the choir. I guess it was four years ago. And I was amazed at how intuitive it was. It's there's a lot of fast runs. They mm-hmm. call them melismas, and they're fast, and you have to be able to think ahead. You have to be on top of it. You have to be nimble in your thinking, your voice, you have to have lots of air, all those technical things and stuff. But it's it is intuitive. It makes sense. There's a there's a logic to the to the vocal line that that is incredibly satisfying but it's no it doesn't it's surprising how delicious and yummy it is but it's not surprising in that i wasn't expecting that somehow other works you know the messiah has a few things in it that don't make any sense at all especially for the altos i'm an alto and the altos often just get stuck in there to (laughs) finish off a chord so it's it's like totally counterintuitive but the requiem is 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 such a pleasure for that and Mm -hmm. and we're doing next season we're singing um uh, our Our May concert next year is going to be the Brahms Requiem uh, sung in english. and it's it's the same kind of thing. There's something so organic and so um round and earthy about all that stuff that's it it's different than than the stuff we're doing on this program. but
0: like yeah, what was what was Ian's inspiration for putting this all together?
1: well, it was it was the whole notion of 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 taking uh, our, our choral sound, our traditional choral sound someplace new. um he. What he really wants to do is is show our singers and people in Kingston, people who love choral music, that um, that there's a spectrum. And it doesn't, you know, one choir doesn't have to be one kind of thing. No choir has to be one kind of thing, unless, you know, Melos in Kingston is a Baroque and Renaissance choir. That's their thing. That's what they sing. That's what their that's their mandate. Our mandate is just to sing really good and interesting music. So that is... Messiah, that's Bach, that's Mozart, that's all that stuff. That's Brahms next year. But it's also it's also new things by new composers who have who are following in the footsteps of those traditional composers, even the newer traditional ones like Bob Chilcott, who writes what I would call traditional choral music, even though he's writing it now. And to take that stuff and say, okay, so what if we blow that up? What happens if we take those things that people have heard and expect and then ch- change them subtly and and bring in influences of other kinds of instruments and other sounds and other composers and so our programming now with the choral society which is incredibly gratifying is on a real spectrum from serious masterworks of that th- people have been listening to for th- hundreds of years to stuff that was composed you know in January so really? yeah. yeah and and the idea of blending our choral sound with Jonathan and what he brings to the table as, as an artist is just something that, uh, I don't know, it, Ian just found it really stimulating. Cool. So mm-hmm. I,
0: I sort of think of, uh, there's a Radiohead song called Creep that uh, is, yeah. there's a choral version of that yeah, is quite haunting, actually. It is. It's yeah. stunning. Yeah. It's
1: stunning. And uh, you yeah. don't often
0: hear a choir drop an F-bomb.
1: No, you don't. No, well, not, not. <laughs> Not in recording, anyway. I've dropped a few myself <laughs> at rehearsal, a few on Tuesday. Yeah. So I can promise you that. Uh, yeah, no, it is really interesting. I sang with a little uh, sort of a twelve voice choir uh, la- last year, and uh, we did a version of Heroes, a David Bowie song. Oh yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Um, and sometimes that, sometimes that stuff doesn't doesn't work, doesn't click. It feels like it's forced, like you're imposing something on the music that that doesn't quite fit with the intention or the integrity of the song. But sometimes it's it's fantastic, and there's something I would call almost symphonic in the scope and size of a lot of David Bowie's music, and certainly a lot of Radiohead stuff. Those things are; those things have such scope. Those songs, "Do and Creep," is such a brilliant yeah, song. It is. So the idea of painting that picture uh, orally with a hundred voices, or or just even eight voices, but doing it all with human voices instead of his his lone plaintive sound and instruments. I think it's fantastic.
0: Now the the uh, concert is on uh, Sunday, May fifth, at two thirty. It is, and it's at the Spire, which uh, I think is it's a uh, uh, most people think it's a beautiful building. It's for those of you that don't know, it's the former. Sydenham Street United Church, uh, and it, I've, I've been to many concerts there. Uh, my son Will was in Cantabile. So it's, a, it's got a beautiful, there's just for, it It. It really, has, the, the acoustics are outstanding yeah. for a big building.
1: Well, we had our first rehearsal with Marianne down there on the weekend and uh, and Jonathan, and she uh, has, had never been in the room. So she started to play the piano and we started singing and she was like, "Oh my god, because we sound like 400 people in mm-hmm. that as composed to our rehearsal hall and it's so resonant and it and it gives and gives and gives and the sound bounces around like crazy." Um, and so we had to make some changes last minute because the her, what she had written was so tight and so precise that the precision was disappearing in that room. So we made it some quick adjustments to the way we were saying certain words and the length and the duration of the words that we were singing in order to make sure that her original intention was actually communicable.
0: Wait, were sounds bouncing around?
1: Because, yeah, yeah. all that would... Um, makes the acoustic in that space brilliant for singing. But if you if you finish a chord, it'll go on for five seconds because oh, yeah. it bounces, 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 yeah. bounces. And when you're trying to sing something really specific and very, um, like the 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 notes have to have a have a, to have a, a really clear uh, pattern uh, in order to make what they're doing in combination with the other instruments uh, obvious. And what she want, what she heard when she wrote it, we had to change the way we were singing them. Wow. So, which was great. It was fun. Keeps you on your toes. Keeps you young. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take any chance. So, so it's Sunday, May 5th. How do people yeah. get tickets? They can
1: get tickets through KingstonCoralSociety.ca or at the door or actually in person at the church book room and at Novel Idea. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sounds like it's going to be a lot it's, of fun. I
1: can't wait. I'm yeah. obviously I'm pretty excited. It, yeah. it, it,
0: it's coming through. <laughs> <laughs> well, Holly, thank you very much uh, for, for for dropping by and doing this, and and best of luck. And we'll have you in again. When uh, uh, yeah, when we have, uh, absolutely. More I'll come projects. back and
1: talk about Contavale for days. Too, absolutely. So, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll bring Will in, and oh, we, that's we'll a great idea. Yeah. A little reunion. The I love yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Holly.
1: Okay. Thank you. Bye.